<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hello and welcome to Newsweek's Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. Today's episode is dedicated to something near and dear to my heart, Disney animation. I'll be chatting with Mark Hinn, who sketched iconic characters like Ariel from The Little Mermaid, Belle from Beauty and the Beast, among many others, and Hyunmin Lee, the animator on films like Wreck-It Ralph, Frozen, Raya the Last Dragon, and so many more. Both are featured on the Disney Plus show, Disney Sketchbook, streaming now. So go on, grab a snack, because I'll be right back. I can remember the exact moment my love for Disney animation started. When I was a kid, my parents were divorced, and my dad got custody of us, which meant I didn't see my mom a lot in my early childhood. On one visitation with my mom, we went to see The Little Mermaid. We were mesmerized by it. After the film, as we were exiting the theater, they were handing out free tickets to another show because apparently the air conditioning had went out during our screening. We were so lost in the film, we didn't even notice the AC being out, which is something that I never not notice. I mean, I'm, I'm a warm-blooded person. In the theater's lobby, we looked at each other, and without needing to say a thing, we knew exactly what we were going to do next. We were going to use that ticket to go see the very next showing of The Little Mermaid. I mean, we just had to. We basically created binge viewing before it was even a thing. That was the moment that Disney animation took hold over me. Since that moment, it became a touchstone, something that I could lose myself in. In part, it reminded me of my mother when I couldn't be near her, but on another level, Disney films like Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and The Lion King became metaphors for myself, examples of how things that make you different can maybe be turned into the thing that makes you amazing. Now, years later, Disney animation has continued to be a reminder of that time, and in many ways has become a fond memory of the kid I was, but also of the adult I became. So a show like Disney Sketchbook, streaming now on Disney+, Plus, is right up my alley. It highlights the artists who created some of the iconic characters that have defined much of my life. Ariel, Belle, Jasmine, Simba, Tiana, Elsa. I recently spoke with two of the animators featured in the series, Mark Hinn and Hinman Lee, about the show, their work, and what inspired them to animate some of these iconic characters. A lot of people think there's this big machine behind these movies. It's actually this very intimate process. I'm going to show you how to draw Olaf. Captain Hook. Cusco from The Emperor's New Groove. Simba. Mirabelle from Encanto. We are going to learn how to draw the genie. Since I was young, I just drew all the time. Every little kid draws. We were kind of the ones that just never stopped. I really like starting with the eyes. It's been said, you know, that the eyes are the window to the soul. It doesn't have to be perfect the first time. Okay, I didn't do it right, so I'm going to erase. I live by my eraser. My biggest supporter was my mom. 
She's my guardian angel. My work celebrates her. My dream was to become an artist, but I was colorblind. Animation, black pencil, white paper, that I could do. When you're approaching animation, you're not just making drawings. The characters come to life. You don't have to be the best. You are who you are, and that is more than the best. And you can do anything that you want to do. Lots of artists have said, you've got 15,000 bad drawings in you, and the sooner you get them out, the better. <laughs> Streaming only on Disney+. Plus. I have to say, as soon as I got the email about possibly speaking with you guys, I said yes immediately. There was no question. There was no like consideration. It was immediate because I, I'm, I'm a Disney animation freak. I just, I am. I love everything Disney animation. Disney is such a huge part of my life. It has been and continues to be. And so I'm really excited that I could have you guys here to talk about Sketchbook, the new show, or not new, but the show on Disney+. Plus. Yay! Yeah, thank, thank you, you guys for so having us. Of course. So I want to introduce you both. So Mark, Mark Hinn, you are the princess designer, I, as I call you. you, you <laughs> all the leading ladies of, of Disney, you've had your hand a part of in some capacity, correct? Well, a lot of them, yeah. Most, <laughs> most more recent ones, yes. For sure. And Hinmin, you, I mean, you've created one of my favorite characters ever in the history of Disney, Lewis from The Princess and the Frog. Oh, well, I, I didn't so much create him, but I did get no. to work on it. <laughs> yeah, well, you are part of the creation yeah. of Lewis. And I, I just find Lewis to be, I mean, that alligator is just, he's just my favorite. I love yeah. him so much. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you guys, but I mean, well, and we can, uh, just a question for both of you. What is it like it must be so strange to see because the presence of Disney animation is so global. I mean, you see like news coverage of like kids in India or something and they have Mickey shirts on or they have mm -hmm. like a like a Lion King shirt or something like they're everywhere. What is it like seeing your work out in the world and, and how how do you process that? I'll start with you, Hinman. Oh, well, I think my career is so much shorter than Mark's but still like every time the movie is out we like me and some of the other animators will like go to the theater we'll sit in the back row and we'll just like watch people react to what we did and I think I think it's just like a surreal moment when you feel like you spent so much time with this character and you've like lived and breathed their lines and their expressions for a long time and then suddenly they're out in the world and they're kind of like it's kind of like having your children go out into the world and like seeing them go like and you're rooting for them you're like oh please i hope everyone <laughs> likes them i hope they make friends <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah i think it's it's such a thrill and it's 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 definitely what keeps me going and it's it's an honor really to just be part of that long legacy yeah. Mark, I mean, for you, what, what, what was it like you had your, like with Ariel, for example, like seeing the impact of your work in the world, what do you remember sort of your first moment where you saw it and you were like, this is bigger than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, everything, I agree with everything that uh, he and men said. Um, 
I mean, it's as an artist, you know, we're we're not creating these movies and characters just for ourselves. We do, you know, it is a job, and we make we make these movies for an audience to watch. So it's very important to see uh, that the audience, you know, hopefully reacts the right way to our characters. You want them to, uh, you know, cheer for the good guys and boo the bad guys, and, <laughs> you know, and cry and you know, and be happy and all those kind of things. But it is, it is, um, it is really nice, you know. So you know, you go to the park and you see all these little kids, uh, you know, dressed up, little girls in their different princess outfits and things like that. It's, it's, it is hard to, you know, describe what that's like. But it's, it's partly, partly why you know we got in this business, you know, mm-hmm. and got into this art form to create it. It means a lot, and I, I know my folks even had that experience. My dad was blown away. They were visiting my aunt and uncle who lived in Germany at the time, and mm. my dad walked into a store in Germany and saw, I don't know, it was either video or a DVD or something, but, you know, a product that had, you know, the character on it that I worked on, and that just, that kind of blew his socks off. Like you said, it's it, these films have such a global audience a global impact and and Mm -hmm. the one comment that i get a lot these days is from people is they'll come up and thank me they'll say you know you animated my childhood and that yeah i mean that just that kind of says it all really it means a lot to me and i'm you know uh to have been a part of it for you know well over 40 years now is 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 very special and it, it is hard to put into words sometimes and it's true. It's so true. I mean, I, at the beginning of this episode, I'm, I'm talking, I share a story about how, when I was a kid, you know, I went to go see little mermaid and how I, I, my, my parents were separated and I lived with my dad, but I went to go see the movie with my mom. And it was sort of a t- Disney became a touchstone of something I could share with my mom. And it, it, in, in a weird way, I feel like the characters you guys animate, especially for me, at least I respond because it, it helps sort of the weird kids fit in and have friends and connect with these characters who, who are almost celebrated for being kind of weird sometimes, you know, and it's, it's something that you don't get a lot. And Disney for me, at least that's, that's, that's the connection I've always had with Disney. And I wanted to know if you had to pick a character that either you relate to most that you've, you've, you've drawn, or that is just your favorite, what character would that be of yours? Hyunmin, you want to start? Mm-hmm. That's it's so hard to pick a favorite character. I definitely have that question a lot of like, who's your favorite Disney character? It's like, I'm mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> like, like the king amongst your fingers, like yeah. Um, but I think one one character that that I actually have like a really soft spot for. I, I'll pick two in a similar way. Actually, is is like I actually really love Donald Duck and Rabbit from Winnie the Pooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and, and I, always, I, I, I always felt like, like for Rabbit, I, I love Winnie the Pooh. I love Piglet. I all love all those characters, but I always felt so bad for Rabbit when Pooh gets stuck in his, his front door. And I always thought like, like, oh, everyone's rooting for Pooh, but I feel so bad for Rabbit. And, <laughs> and I think for Donald, like, he always gets angry and he always kind of gets punished for it. And I always felt kind of bad because like, you know, we have like angry and frustrated moments and, yeah. and there, there's some, some of the few characters that actually get to express that more freely. So 
So they, I think in that way, I always have like a soft spot for them, those two. <laughs> sure, for sure. What about you, Mark? Do you have one that you relate to or connect with the most? Oh, well, I've really, you know, it's, as you said early on, I'm, I've been kind of labeled the princess guy. So I, I, I'm, I do have a soft spot for our leading ladies. I'm not sure why that's, you know, it's happened. And it's just kind of the way things have developed over the years and the stories that we've chosen to tell have featured, you know, really interesting and dynamic uh, young ladies as our heroes. Um, so that's, yeah, that's something very near and dear, but Simba is also very near and dear to my heart. Mm. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed, uh, you know, as a change of pace, Simba was, was a nice, you know, diversion from uh, the princess world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I can certainly identify with, you know, with him. Mulan was very special. That was our first um, first film that we feature film that we did out of the Florida studio when I was down mm. there. And that kind of holds a real special place. And I I think her story, her emotional story really. And, and it's always, you know, it's like Ken Min said, it's hard to you know pick your your favorite character, but due to some other, you know, circumstances surrounding the Mulan experience, um, you know, by a, the width of a hair, I would, you know, say, you know, Mulan is yeah. arguably one of my favorite characters. I mean, working on Ariel was fabulous because I, you know, I had in the back of my mind thinking about my mentor, Eric Larson, who animated one of my favorite leading ladies, which was Cinderella. Yes. And I, you know, he was, he was still uh, at the studio at the time and, or had just recently left. I can't remember, but anyway, but I had him in my mind the whole time. And I, I hoped that my efforts on Ariel, that the results would have been as equally positive as far as a, 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 a character that people really, you know, got in her camp mm-hmm. and, you know, really felt for her and, and, you know, and was with her ups and downs. And, and, you know, so Ariel was, was unique in that way. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. But it's, you know, it's hard to, you know, then you go, Oh, what about bell? Well, bell was yeah. equally. Special. <laughs> and then Tiana was, was extremely, Tiana. you know, was very special too. And that was a real, uh, you know, she was a real joy to animate. So I, I've, I've really enjoyed them all, but, um, Mulan had some, you know, there was a uniqueness. And the other thing that I did with Mulan was I got, they asked me to animate her father. Mm. So I did both because they were, the directors came to me and asked me to do that largely because they said, this relationship is the heart and soul of the film. And yeah. for me as an animator, that's the kind of stuff that I've always gravitated to mm-hmm. is the, you know, the real, heart of our pictures and heart of our characters. And, and that was a really, you know, uh, wonderful relationship that I think, you know, a lot of people at various ages can identify that tension, you know, the love for your parents, the tension of not being completely understood by them. And just, you know, all those dynamics of parent child relationships, you know, came to the forefront, I think in this, in the telling of Mulan's story. And, And I think that, She's she's special for me in that way. Yeah, Mulan is definitely special. I will say, Hyunmin, you brought up Donald Duck, and I, I this is just a thing that I do at the parks. Anytime I meet someone from Disney, I go up and I tell them that Donald and Daisy are my favorites. 
And <laughs> I do believe that Daisy deserves more respect than she gets and more <laughs> appearances on merchandise and other parts of, because I need more Daisy in my life. I saw a pin <laughs> of Daisy at the park and I literally freaked out because you never see anything of Daisy. I want more mm-hmm. Daisy. I'm, I'm throwing, you just tell someone, tell your bosses or someone that I'm <laughs> Um, or make a note of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did want to bring up the princess and the frog because you both in, I mean, you know, Mark, you, you worked on Tiana, right? Yes. And, and, and Hyunmin, you worked on, well, partly on Lewis and I think other parts of the film as well. And I, 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 I gotta say the princess and the frog is such an interesting, I love the sort of the, the comeback it's having because it, 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 it has such a life to it that when it came out, it wasn't as massive as some of the other Disney films. And, but since then it's become a real loved film. It's grown over the years. And, and I love that there's the show coming out now and the rides are being rethemed with princess and the frog and areas of the park. And it's just so exciting. I wanted to know maybe what your thoughts are on princess and the frog and sort of the life that princess and the frog has had over the years. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, well, as I, I, I said earlier, um, it was a, you know, a real joy to animate Tiana. She was a great character and, and that's always the challenge for, for any animator, any of our characters is to create and breathe in, you know, to life, a new, a new character. And I think Tiana was, was a real challenge in that and, and, and was very fresh of course, the whole idea of, you know, her spending half of at least half of the movie as a frog was also a really unique challenge because yeah. from an animator's point of view, you know, you wanted to maintain that character of her, even though her physical out, you know, outward appearance changed from human to frog, she was still the same character. And that to me was part of the fun of animating on the film was making sure that whether she was human or frog, she was the same character throughout. And but I loved her, uh, you know, she, I loved her fiery quality. I mean, she, she had a bit of a temper and could get mm-hmm. angry. And I think that's, that's really believable. And I think that's always been the key when we animate our characters is that they're, they're believable. And I really think her story and, and, and everything was, was a really, you know, believable story. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it's neat, like you said. I, you know, uh, it, it's kind of fun to see that her, the film itself is continuing to grow in popularity, and, and mm-hmm. she as a character is, is taken on. And I, I got a nice letter after the movie came out from a mother, uh, an African American mother, and this is probably, you know, really the, the most wonderful thing about the film. Of course, was she was our first you know, black princess. Mm-hmm. And I was very proud to have been a part of that. But I got a nice letter from a, a mother who basically said how nice it was. She threw a birthday party for her daughter. I can't remember how old she was, probably preteen, I think. But she was just, you know, just saying how how much it meant to her to have a character that looked like her daughter. Mm-hmm. And, and that just and again, I've gotten a lot of fan letters and. And, but that was one of them that definitely stood out amongst all the letters that I do receive. And it yeah. meant a lot, you know, and to be a part of that, to be, to be able to, you know, cause I'm obviously not, <laughs> I'm certainly not a black guy. 
I'm a white guy, but that's the joy and the the beauty of animation. We can be whatever we can draw. And and it was a real honor to, to work with Anika Noni Rose, who did the voice. Yeah. And to partner with her and to bring this character to life, who is now, like you said, has uh, a second life that's been, you know, really, really exciting. Heartwarming. Yeah. Very hard. It's fun. I love seeing her in the park. Like you said, when they do the, Highlight of my day. Boat. Yeah, the parade mm-hmm. or the boat, you know, going through. And her, and, dress. And her dress, yeah. Yeah, her dress. She is, you know, beloved by by millions. And I, again, that that just means the world to us as animators yeah. and artists. Yeah, what about you, Hinman? Um, do you have any thoughts on Princess and the Frog? Oh, I, I have a lot. But, <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, because for me, uh, Princess and the Frog was the first film I worked on when I started mm-hmm. at Disney, and it was like the quintessential Disney film for me. Ron and John were directing it, and yeah. Mark is the supervisor for the leading lady, and all the supervising animators were animators that like I idolized mm-hmm. as a, an aspiring animator, and and just starting and working at Disney was like a dream come true. I, you know, like even in Disney films, there's those moments where everything's like clouds and there's like dreamy, like uh, harp music everywhere. That was for, that was what it was like for me working at Disney every day during (laughs) Rob. And I feel like there were, there were a bunch of us, like, like they had just started the talent development program that was the new trainee program that hadn't been in place for like, I think they said like a good 20 years at least. And so there were these new super happy, excited people like, like me working on it. And there were also people like Mark and Eric Goldberg and Randy and all the, all the renowned supervisors and Ron and John and a lot of the crew, like the two hand-drawn animation crew had, gotten together for the first time in a long time, I think. And I think during the making of it, there was just this like joy and excitement and electricity around the whole production. And and I think in a way like that is also kind of shining through and and giving it continuous life. And yeah. I think when when the crew is having a great time working on something and animating it. I think it shows through in the film. So, so it I really hope- does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We really see that. I mean, the fact that you said there were a lot of new animators and new talent on it just really, you, you feel that energy in the film. It feels mm-hmm. just, it's exciting. It's very exciting. I just have two more questions for you guys. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I love about sketchbook, and as I said before, like, during the pandemic, Disney YouTube's channel put out a lot of sort of like animation instructionals thing. And I would watch it to just calm down. I would watch <laughs> just to watch you draw. And, and it was, it's, it's almost like figure skating to me just to watch <laughs> so talented, do something so beautiful, you know, and, and do it with such ease because if I actually tried to do it, it would not look as good as what you guys do. <laughs> and so the same thing with figure skating too, except that would be more painful. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I want to know, like, how has Disney Plus's sketchbook, which is, you know, it kind of came out of, all, I think, all of that from YouTube. How has the show sort of inspired younger people that you've heard from to start animating and start drawing and to start exploring what animation is. I mean, that must be an an offshoot of the show that you've heard of that people are kids are wanting to draw more. 
Yeah, well, of course, it's it's just it's so new. You know, that's kind of yet to be uh, seen how much of an impact that had. But I know I had already gotten, I think, a couple of emails from some people, and I, I mean, I just know what it was like when I had the opportunity in the rare cases that you kind of got to go behind the scenes and see how how the animation process was done and see the animators. And as I mentioned in the series, uh, The Reluctant Dragon was one of those important films that did that, that Walt, uh, you know, purposely made this film to pull the curtain back mm -hmm. to show audiences, you know, in a very, you know, light, entertaining way, how animation basically works. It's not, you know, all the nitty gritty, but... Um, but for me as a small boy to go in and see Ward Kimball drawing Goofy and, and, and then flipping it and it just, you know, came to life was just absolute magic. So I, I, I think in, in some respects, I think this series could have a similar impact on young artists. Mm -hmm. I think the, the really unique thing is just hearing all of our different stories we all started at different places and yet we all ended up in the same place, which is kind of unique. So I think, you know, almost more than just the, the drawing aspect, but just hearing all of our, our journeys and how, where we started and how we got to Disney, mm -hmm. uh, hopefully is, is, is the, the main uh, takeaway that audiences can have. And for young people, they, you know, can see that there's no, you know, this and this and this, this is the only way to get to Disney. There's many, many ways, many roads. And, and if they do more of this series, you'll see and hear more, uh, more journeys and how people, you know, started and how they ended up at Disney. And mm -hmm. um, I think that's one of the really neat aspects of the whole series. Yeah, I think one of the best parts of it is also the fact that, like, I think these days, everything is like done with the computer and digital and, and I think a lot of times when people watch something, they don't really think about like who's creating it, how it's created. And and I think if if there are definitely children like me, like growing up, I would see the Disney films and I didn't have any like books or any like insight into how animation was made. But I always thought like, I don't know how that is done, but I want to be part of that somehow. Wow. And I think it it's great to show people that like it just starts with a pencil and paper and yeah. you know it's you can you can start it too in your own like household and in your own room so so i think hopefully that gives people a little more like hope and excitement into just looking forward to things that they could create mm -hmm, for sure well my mm -hmm. last question for you guys and this is more of um i don't know something personal i guess i <laughs> So if I was animating someone, right, if I was drawing someone, I I'm not a vengeful person. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not someone that wants to get back at people. But if I had the means to successfully draw a character and especially say, let's say an evil character. Right. And I can put the attributes of attributes of someone that I don't like into a character that's supposed to be evil. I would do that. And so, and in a weird way, every time I would see it, I would be like, oh yeah, that's that guy I hate. Ha ha. Now everyone's <laughs> laughing at him and only, you know, it and it's nice and it makes you feel good. So I guess my question is, do you ever put attributes of people, you know, in your own life into the characters that you draw? And if so, do you ever do it to get back at someone? Because I definitely would. <laughs> 
Well, certainly um, one of the aspects that uh, it's important for an animator to be is an observer of life. And, and that's, that's a part of uh, being a, a good animator because exactly what you said, um, not necessarily the revenge factor, but the <laughs> idea of, you know, taking cues from, you know, just mannerisms and attributes and personalities that can work in a character. That's definitely um, happens a lot. And I, uh, one example that comes to my mind was again, my mentor, Eric Larson, he animated uh, Figaro, the cat, the kitten in Pinocchio. And he always told us how, and Figaro was a bit of a, you know, could have a little bit of a temper and, you know, was a little stubborn and, you know, and all that. But he said he based a lot of that on his nephew. Oh, <laughs> he had a nephew. He had a nephew that was, you know, a young person that was just a little, you know, like a lot of young kids. It's not, not always the sweetest thing in the world, but <laughs> I don't think he did it out of spite, but he, he recognized some, you know, really believable, honest traits that would fit into Figaro. You know, so when Geppetto's like, you know, oh, I forgot to close the window. And, and he's not, he's too lazy to get up and close it himself and figure all he gets, no, doggone it, he did it to me again, you know. So those kind of things happen. And, and, and certainly, you know, if you're not observing other people, I, I'd certainly turn to my own life and my own experiences throughout life to find, you know, things that I've experienced or, uh, you know, felt emotionally that, you know, I can put into the character, but I would, I certainly, you know, wouldn't put anything in out of, uh, out of spite. I, you know, I don't, maybe other people have, I have not, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think Henman has, but. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Henman? <laughs> well, I mean, same as everything that Mark said, I think that definitely we're all like very keen on observing. It's really funny. A lot of animators tend to be like, good at copying or like copying noises or like copying people and it's funny when there's like a meeting and there's like a random funny sound that happens half the room is going <laughs> is copying like <laughs> <laughs> and, and so i yeah i think and yeah i don't i don't know like if it would be vengeful so much as just like a personal like hee hee moment yeah <laughs> and when you like like, like there, there would be, well, like I've had the opposite happen to me where like, I'm always clapping yeah. a lot. And, yeah. and then like, I see people like saying like, Oh yes, I put the Hyunmin clap into my <laughs> <laughs> And that must be, that must be nice. That must make you feel nice to, to have that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would love that. I don't know what people would animate about me, but. I have a feeling it would probably be me asking questions about you being vengeful. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Really fun questions. So thank you. I'm so glad. What's your favorite Disney movie? I always struggle thinking of mine because I love so many of them, obviously. But I am always drawn to Beauty and the Beast. There's just something about it. But they're also, also, I will say, The Princess and the Frog is really up there. I mean, my phone case is dedicated to Princess and the Frog. And you know, if you put it on your phone, that's serious business. Let me know yours on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Scott on everything. 
And thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. If you like what you heard, please leave a little rating and review because it really, really does help. And you can also share this episode on social media because, well, that's always fun, too. For more on the latest news and podcasts, head to Newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all of the social platforms. Until then, watch something fun, be a Disney film, and have a great day. We'll be right back.